Hello and welcome to uh, the, mon the Monday morning briefing from Heart Standard. I am James Kearney and today I'm joined by Scott McIntosh of Amoriso Let's It Run fame. And today we're going to be digging into uh, Saturday's 2-1 win uh, at Fur Park for Heart of Midlothian. It was two goals from Lawrence Shankland, one in the first half, one in the second and then perhaps a, a wee bit of a nervy finish after Blair Spittle scored a penalty with 10 minutes to go. But in the, at the end, it was a really big three points for Hearts. Lifts them up to fourth in the table, now just uh, two points shy of St Mirren in third after they got uh, battered off Dundee at the weekend. So heading into this international break, you know, it was a, it's, it's a very important three points thing for Hearts to have got, and it sets them up quite nicely for what's going to be a demanding run of fixtures um so scott you, you were at the game on saturday what were your um what are your um main kind of takeaway thoughts from the from the result yeah i think must win is probably the best way to describe him uh how saturday's fixture was viewed by the majority uh, and i know i, I feel like just now we are kind of meandering from one must-win game to another. And, and, and I think you'll probably class St Johnston in two weeks' time as a must-win game as well. I think because of how tight the league is just now from third all the way down to 12th, I think any fixture that we have against a team that, that aren't the old firm, I think you've got to sort of class it closely into that sort of must-win category. Uh, I thought the, the team, management team, dealt with everything really well on Saturday. Uh, I don't think there's anything that you can really fault in terms of team selection, but then also reacting to things when they weren't quite going uh, as well for us in the second half. So I, I thought it was a really good performance. I, I'd sort of mentioned at half time that it was probably the most I've enjoyed a, a you know a half of football from Hearts probably since the the Aberdeen game uh, back in April uh, when we won two one mm. uh, towards the start of Naismith's intern uh, sort of rain at heart so so yeah I, I thought we played some really good stuff but I think more so than that it was just really encouraging to see players playing in the, the opposition half uh, in particular the, the wing backs and Benny uh, in the first half so that was probably the, the main positives to take from the game. Yeah I think that's it because I mean I think I mean you kind of touched on it there but I think particularly that opening half that first 45 minutes it was very controlled very measured from hearts and but there was still that attacking intent that's maybe been lacking at times you know like we've, we've spoken a lot about the fact that players are all uh, sometimes taking safe passes or they're not getting um or you know particularly guys in like the wing backs or maybe in central midfield they're maybe not getting as far forward as we would like to have seen but as you said in that opening half um that wasn't the case at all you know like we saw that like you see the likes of benny getting forward uh forrest and cochran that the two wing backs were pushing right up as well um, Lowry as well for playing kind of nominally a left centre midfielder. He was very advanced. I mean, I've just been looking at the um, at the pass maps and things like that. You notice in the first half, Lowry's up there with Shanklin and Boyce. You know, and everyone else is kind of a wee bit further back. Um, so I, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll go on to talk about individual performances in a wee bit. But I guess we'll maybe start with the the team selection. Then obviously with this one, Naismith stuck with the back three of Frankie Kent, uh, Kai Rose. Um, and Stephen Kingsley and, and with the wing-backs of Alan Forrest and Alex Cochran. So we had Benny at number six, we had Neuenhoff playing as the right centre-mid, Larry as the left centre-mid, and then Boyce and Shankland up top. 
So I guess what what were your initial thoughts when you saw the team? Because I know that <clears throat> there have been a lot of fans who have been looking who have been looking for a, an attacking performance, looking to sort of get on the ball and dominate. And obviously the shape doesn't dictate how the team's going to play, but um, whether maybe one or two raised eyebrows is at the fact that uh, Naismith decided to go with the back three, or did, do you think that was the right decision? Not not so much raised eyebrows because I, I I think we've you know we've kind of spoke ad nauseum with regards to getting the best out of the defence just mm. now in particular the likes of sort of Rolls and Cochrane I do think that the the sort of back three gets the best out of certain individuals. Uh, there was a concern, you know, we'd mentioned on Friday that, that maybe it would have been best to have reverted back to a back four and and maybe not get stuck in a a situation where we. You know, we go man for man and we go pretty much 3-5-2 against another 3-5-2. And I suppose the concern then was going to be Motherwell kind of, you know, clubs like Motherwell know how to sort of win those individual battles at times. Mm. Uh, and it was going to be a concern about, you know, whether we we don't set the right tempo in the first 10, 15 minutes, how that was going to reflect on the rest of the match. But, but straight away, you could see that, you know, the players were on it. Uh, I think... I think Alan Forrest brings a a lot to to, to this shape in terms of intent. I mm. think if you start with a three five two like we did in the League Cup game, and you've got Civic there. I think it can it, it can sort of offer all the wrong signals to the rest of the team. I think having Alan Forrest there, who again similar to the Livingston game, maybe his end product wasn't there, but I think he holds the position so well. That even that brings a lot of positives to the rest of the team. It just gives you an outlet. Mm. And what that does is it stretches Motherwell and it allows the likes of Shanklin and Boyce to get that space that they were getting in the first half as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought you know they got they got the formation spot on. Uh, but I think more so it was the intent within the formation. So everyone was pushed up maybe four or five yards or maybe where they were the, the week before in the League Cup semi-final. So I think that was the, the most heartening thing to see from a Hearts perspective. Again, it was seeing Benny picking up possession in their half, Neuenhoff picking up possession in their half. And then, like we've sort of mentioned before, you know, you said that it, it was measured, but it was measured in a less passive way. You know, mm. we're still hitting that sort of 60% possession mark that we've had all season in these types of fixtures, but it was there were certainly more progressive passes being made. And I think having Alex Lowry playing in that sort of advanced position in midfield definitely helped because it, it it represented an option. That's been mm. that's possibly been an issue for the likes of Benny Newenhoff Devlin in previous fixtures. There's not been anyone occupying that sort of 10 role properly. I know they've had Shanklin sort of playing deep to then mm. sort of have Fargas making the runs off the off the last man at the back, but that's different to having a proper number 10 in there. And you could see the difference that that made. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I mean I've got a analysis piece coming out later on today, um, kind of digging into the detail of the game. And that was one of the things that I had noticed was, uh, particularly in the first half, but even in the second Hearts were focusing a lot of their play down the right. Again, like you say, because Alan Forrest, he has that out ball. He is able to, you know, get the ball and travel with it, be a bit and run with it, take take on his man. And then we also saw Kingsley uh, quite on quite a few occasions making a kind of underlapping run as well. Just again, so sort of dragging Motherwell players over to that side of the pitch. Newinghoff was staying quite tight to Lowry, uh, to Forrest. Sorry, so there was always that passing option over there. And the overall effect is that Motherwell. Um, 
they basically were kind of shoved right over to the Hearts' right wing, which then in turn left Lowry in acres of space over on the, over on the left. I mean, again, I've, I've, for uh, subscribers, I'll be able to get a, I've got a couple of pictures and diagrams and things like that to illustrate this point. But I mean, that, that was one of the things that really stood out to me was that Lowry was afforded a lot of space. Yeah. Uh, particularly in the first half, and Joe Hart's totally reaped the benefit of that. I think, I mean, I thought that was one of Lowry's best performances for Hearts, um, maybe even the best uh, since he's come in. I thought he was excellent. And again, of course, not everything he's doing is coming off. That's the nature of the role. You know, if, you, if you're making all these risky passes, the law of averages says I, some of them aren't going to work. That's fine. But um, I suppose one of, one of his crosses that absolutely did work was that rarest of all beasts, a heart's goal from a set piece. We've we've waited a long time for it, and it eventually arrived. And you've got to say again, again, like okay, the goal itself came from a set piece, and it wasn't from open play, but it was no less than Hearts had deserved. I mean, obviously, shortly before that, um, Liam Boyce had that excellent chance when I think it was Lowry actually um, intercepted a pass, a slack pass at the back, plays it off to plays it over to Boyce. He ends up striking it just wide of the near post, but. That could easily go in. It probably should have gone in. Um, but then, as we say, a few minutes later, Hearts get the opening goal. Lowry's bond, the back post. Kent knocks it down. And it's just a brilliant, instinctive finish from Shankland to give Hearts what was a, a really well-deserved lead. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and I think the set plays was something that we... You know, we continued to sort of do well with uh, throughout the match. There was that mm-hmm. one in the second half where they'd obviously worked on a routine where Kingsley sort of comes from, you know, back post to front post. And, and you know, if he gets a better connection on it, then then who knows, it might have mm-hmm. went in. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was really, really good to see that. And you, you're right about Lowry. I think, I think the perception of Lowry is always going to probably chop and change dependent on where the whole team is because he is a bit of a luxury player. So there'll be some weeks where if the rest of the team are on it, it's probably a luxury that you can do with. But then you've got examples like the Celtic game a a couple of weeks ago where Mm. you really need everyone to be on it from a defensive and discipline point of view. And I think that's where Naismith has to try and figure out when to use them and Mm. when's going to be the right fixtures to try and get the best out of them. But you're right, I think in that sort of 10 position, similar to what he played against Hibs, I think that's probably his best role just now because he, I think out wide, he doesn't really know how to hold the position in the same way that that someone like a Forrest or an Oda or that can. Mm. Uh, So I think sort of just putting him in a position where he's just asking him to get on the ball as much as possible, it's probably something that he'll enjoy as well. Uh, and I think that's when you'll get the best out of players like that. Again, you know, like any 20-year-old, there was times where decision-making needs to become yeah. better. But that's why he's on this loan spell. It's to try and improve that. You're not going to improve that playing in the B team week in, week out for Rangers. So I think, you know, providing he's here past January, I'm not quite sure, you know, whether that's going to be revised now that Rangers have got, a, you know, a different incumbent in the hot seat. But... If he's here past January, I do think that his performances should improve over that time and hopefully the decision-making will improve as well. But again, it's all dependent on how the rest of the team is doing because they will have to carry a bit of the slack for him. So it's all about making sure that the likes of you and off and that can can put in a shift. Uh, but I definitely think when we're playing teams like Motherwell and you know we St Johnston coming up at Tynecastle, 
we should be looking to show that intent in our selection. And I think we've done that on Saturday with Lowry playing and we Forrest playing in that sort of wing-back position. Mm-hmm. That's what fans want to see. They want to see that there's a clear intent for us to be the, the aggressor in these fixtures uh, rather than just being content with just sort of keeping the ball like we may mm-hmm. have been in the, uh, over the last sort of two or three months. No, absolutely. And you know, just when you're talking about Lowry's decision-making there, it made me think of there's a chance and it must have been quite early on in the first half when Lowry was kind of advancing with the ball and he had like Forrest was basically free on the right-hand side, bombing into the box. And then Boyce was kind of making a run inside and he decided to play the ball to, to Boyce. And you just think, ah, yeah, that's one of those little decisions where it's like, ah, you made life harder for yourself than you had to there. But um, I mean, another thing as well that I thought was really interesting was when you, when I was watching back the game and <clears throat> you noticed, or certainly I noticed that there was a lot more kind of driving runs from midfield as well. I thought Lowry was really good at that, about tip, taking the ball, advancing into space and, you know, waiting for a man to commit and then moving the ball on. I think we saw it from him. I think Neuenhoff did that excellently as well at times. I think Alan Forrest was another one who was, again, we, we know that he likes to make these kind of uh, runs from deep, particularly right wing back. He's quite good at getting those runs, those kind of diagonal runs, like kind of infield. And again, it just causes all sorts of problems because all of a sudden he's left his marker for dead and then somebody else in the, in the opposition team is going to have to come out and deal with him, at which point you start creating these little gaps that you need. So I, I, I thought that, yeah, the way that the midfield um, kind of carried the ball forward, I think that's something that Hearts have been crying out for a lot in, in, in this season. So I think that was, again, really encouraging. And of course, it was also nice to see uh, Shanklin getting a brace. That takes him up to now double figures for the season. I mean, obviously we've got the first goal where it's that wonderful instinctive finish. And the second one, it could hardly be more stark because that's one where he's got plenty of time to decide what it is exactly what he's going to do. And again, he makes the he makes the he makes the perfect decision. Rounds Kelly, plays it uh plays the ball back across the defender so he can't he just can't reach it. And then it's two 0 hearts. Um so yeah, I thought that that was really encouraging. Obviously, Hearts as well could have had a couple of penalties, but well, maybe. Uh, but you know, I, I don't like talking about refereeing decisions. I'll be honest. I'm more interested in, in the actual football of it. So yeah, I mean, I think that the Boyce one. I think that um, honestly, I, I kind of thought that was probably that might have even been the right decision. I know obviously there there is a bit of, there are, you can see there's contact there, but it is very slight. I think he doesn't do himself any favors. I, I think yeah, that's it. Yeah, the holding of the face, and 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 again, I, I'm probably just as bad as the next person for criticizing referees, but I do try and. I do try and understand that they are human and I think there can be a bit of subconscious that can go on. And and when I say bias, I don't mean in terms of for a certain team. I just think that like any human, if you see someone potentially feign an injury, will that affect your decision making, mm. even although there was contact on the chest? And I, that's where Boyce doesn't do himself any favours. He doesn't need to do that. I think there was enough, there was enough contact, albeit not a lot, where if Farid went back on that, I think without the face clutching, I think you get. A, I, think, I do think you you get a penalty in, in, in that situation. Uh, but like you say, you know you can talk about referee performances all you want. I think just at a high level way of viewing it, it's inconsistent. I think that's the the worst crime that you can probably aim at referees. It's just that mm. there's probably a lot of inconsistency, and although VAR's there to assist them. 
you're still going to get a lot of rules that are open to interpretation. Aye. You're, you're never going to get this this sort of perfect system that I think a lot of people have been craving for. Uh, and, and and to be fair to the referees, VAR VAR's a bigger issue than just the, the performance of the, the individuals. I, I think it should have been canvassed to fans on mm. an opinion on whether they wanted uh, such a, a huge outlay to be placed on VAR. Uh, I think Morton were the only club that actually asked fans what they wanted. Uh, I think when you consider that we're a, a fan-owned club, I think that I thought it was pro- possibly a bit of our own goal that we maybe didn't we maybe didn't ask for that opinion. But they've maybe, to be fair, they've maybe looked at, at sort of Twitter, social media, and that leading up to VAR being implemented, and thought there seems to be enough of a a sort of noise being made for it to be implemented. But yeah, I, I didn't think it was gonna cure all the, the ills of football mm. refereeing decisions and I think we've just got to understand that like footballers they'll have off days uh, and you know there'll they'll be inconsistencies with regards to their decision making so as a club and as a manager and as a team you've kind of just got to try and do your best to navigate that and then do what you can within your own control uh, and, and I think Hart's done that on Saturday. Ultimately, the referee decisions didn't have a huge mark because we've done our job in a really sort of professional and efficient way. No, absolutely. And um, again, yeah, of course, if one if Hearts get one of either of those shouts, it makes life a lot more comfortable, a lot more easy. But I mean, one of the things I was interested in was I was looking at the, the expected goals for this game. I know that's not everybody's everybody's thing but um i mean so th- th- this got my eye though so hearts xg for that game was 1.42 and motherwell's ended up being 1.41 so you end up looking at that and you go oh oh that, that was extremely tight maybe it could have gone either way but actually when you look into it the almost all of that i think about 1.2 of motherwell's xg is comes from uh ollie shaw's shot that was then handed handled by alice cochran which leads to the penalty and then the penalty itself so I think yeah. when, you look at, when you look at it aside from that, there's actually only maybe Motherwell have only actually got four or five shots and their XG for each of those is about 0.0304, which is not very good at all. So again, yeah. like, it's one of those things where I, I thought that if you were to look, just look at the stats of it all, you might go, oh, that's actually, that was, oh, what a tight game, oh, really marginal. But when you look into the context of it, you can see that actually not, there wasn't that at all really. Because I mean, when you look at, even after the goal went in, after that point, um, Motherwell only had one shot on goal, and that was um, yeah. when Blair Spittle kind of burst forward and had a, a drag a shot um, wide of the right hand post. Apart from that, I guess Motherwell had Hearts under pressure. Of course they did because you know there's one goal in it. You know they're going to throw the kitchen sink. But I mean, I was really impressed with the way that Hearts handled that pressure. And even though they were you know lots of balls into the box, lots of uh, bodies getting flung forward, Hearts weren't troubled too much by the end of it all and I think that that's got to be another huge positive Yeah, definitely I mean, it, look, XG does have its place, I think when you watch a, a fixture like Saturday's, one of the key sort of areas that I tend to try and, and almost fixate on it when I'm trying to analyse you know, who was in the ascendancy over mm. the, the 90 minutes, tends to be how often you can turn their backline compared to us and I think if you watch that last sort of 10-15 minutes after they score everything was in front of us we were in control of that situation we were quite happy for them to have possession and Mm -hmm. then when they you know when they hit those pressure points we were on top of them and we forced them into you know playing balls that that Clark was able to sort of gather there really wasn't a lot of 
near misses, so to speak, whereas I think even in the last 15, 20 minutes, when we were venturing forward, we still looked more dangerous because mm -hmm. we were forcing their wing-backs and pinning them back again. I thought Sibic done a really good job of that when he came on. It would have been really easy for us to have brought Sibic on and, and really turned into a 5 sort of mm. three two. But that didn't really happen in terms of the shape. And I think that's because Sibic was doing something which he, he doesn't always do. And it's probably one of the weakest parts of his game, which is being quite aggressive and, you know, being aggressive in and out of possession. So I quite liked that from the team. I felt that we were in control and, you know, there was chances there for us especially if you look at that sort of injury time. If we'd wanted to have created more chances, we could have done, but mm. we're quite happy to keep the ball in the uh, in the corner flag area there for what seemed to be an eternity, uh, especially from a, a sort of hearts persuasion. So, yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, we, we restricted them to that long-range effort from Spittle that got dragged wide. And, and, and even lead, leading up to that, I think the only sort of half chance that they had in the game was very early on when sort of Kent you know, slightly makes the wrong decision to mm. try and get the ball out, but we, you know, we managed to cover for it. But apart from that, can't really recall any other, any other times where I felt that they kind of had us on the ropes, so to speak. No, absolutely, yeah. I mean, as as, as we said, like, yeah, there's they didn't really have like, Santa Clark didn't have too much to do by uh, by the time all was said and done. And yeah, as you said, like we can't let it pass. But that um, those three minutes or so. At the very end of the game, absolutely glorious. Was it, was it Sibuk, uh, Shankland, and Grant? Was, Grant it was sorry, Grant, yeah. that's right. And yeah, the way they kept the ball in there was just magnificent. I mean, you know, lest we forget as well, by the time the referee blew the whistle, Hart still had the ball there. They could have kept it there for another three minutes, but it looks like they were doing absolutely brilliantly. Um, and you could see the other players were getting very, very frustrated by it. So, again, that, that was something that, again, I thought that was good to see, you know, just. Being a bit streetwise, you know, the dark hearts, all that kind of stuff. Just being, just making sure you hold on to the points and get the win. Um, and I guess there's something else that you mentioned earlier that uh, I suppose again should should go shouldn't go unmentioned, and that's the fact that um, towards the quite early on in the second half, we saw Toby Sibbuck come on for Alan Forrest, and that seemed to be a really important change. Because that came at a point when Motherwell were getting a bit of joy down that side of the pitch. Yeah, they brought Spencer on at half time for a mm. uh, Blair. It was a really weird decision to start Blair in the first place, considering Spencer was available uh, and he has played out wide for for Motherwell. I think predominantly this season. Uh, so yeah, that was a that was a bit of a strange one. It, it definitely worked in our favour in the first mm. half. Uh, but yeah, they made that switch at half time, and it would have been easy for us. Because although they'd made the switch and they were pinning Forrest back, they still weren't creating a lot of chances. Some managers would have waited potentially until they maybe get that goal or it really becomes a bit of a siege mm. uh, in the second half. But I think fair play to Naismith, he was very proactive in that sense where he, he allowed sort of 10 to 15 minutes and he thought, this isn't going to change and I'm not going to wait until we lose a goal before I kind of make that that very sort of reactive change to it. So I thought that was a good change. Again, from the stands, you're sort of thinking, because oh, you're, you know, it's only been a week past the, the semi-final defeat and, and, mm. and Toby had had a really sort of poor game. So you're thinking, God, I hope this goes well. But like I say, I, I thought he handled it really well. Uh, some great driving runs. 
Uh, some really good sort of little interchanges he played between him and Neuenhoff at times as well. They kept the ball in really sort of tight situations when they needed to. Uh, and, it, and it worked out really well. So, you know, thankfully... That was a, a good example of, of when a substitute can can really work for us because I know that's been something where there's it's been a bit of a mixed bag this season mm. in terms of uh, decision-making in the second half, but that was definitely an example of a time when it's worked for us. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, I, I suppose as well then, just looking at taking the result, um, taking a kind of bigger picture view, look, when we look back at it. So um, we know that, that, yeah, Naismith was under pressure going into this. There were a few grumbles of discontent from supporters. But, um, you know, it was, a, I think it was a really important win to get, just partly because, yeah, it released some of that pressure on the management team. It also gives, uh, leaves a sense of positivity going into this uh, international break because we've got two weeks now where hearts aren't going to play and you don't want that kind of negativity kind of festering and, you know, lingering over the team throughout all that time. And of course, yeah, Hearts are now up up to fourth and only two points off third. And the other thing as well, of course, is I think you mentioned this to me just before we came on, but that was the first time Hearts have won back-to-back league games since uh, January. January, geez. Oh. So yeah, again, this show again. Like, I mean, I know we we've talked about this definitely before in the past, but we I think heading into this one, we, we were saying, you know, you know, if Naismith, if, if Hearts don't win this one, then that's. Uh, run of games against kind of the lesser sides in the league where hearts haven't got results but now you look at it and it's is it one defeat in seven i think against yeah one defeat like, in you know, your mother was dundee's st johnston's all the rest of it yeah one defeat in seven against any sort of non-old firm team and then it's also so we've now also won our last three away fixtures against non-old firm teams as well yep. so Kilmarnock in the cup ross county and motherwell and we were you know, minutes away from getting a, a, a victory at Rangers as well. So, mm. so uh, yeah, there's still things that we need to address at home. You know, the average points total that we've got at home is about half of where we were at last season. But mm. the away form has taken a good turn. And I, and I think you've got to give credit to the to the team and the management staff for that. Uh, Stephen Naismith, yeah, l- l- let's not kid ourselves. You know, he's He's possibly got a, a little bit more credit in the bank to some fans. He's maybe still in his overdraft. I don't know. But I think the St. Johnston game is a good opportunity to sort of build on the last two results in the league and sort of really start to gather some momentum because we are going to need it for December. This, there's no, you know, you, there is no other way putting it. December is going to be a really sort of tough month for us. So I think if they can get a result against St Johnston, it just sort of alleviates a bit of that pressure and it just allows for a bit of wiggle room when it comes to how well we do in December as well, which you've got to try and do. That's where we kind of really left ourselves struggling at the start of the season. We had Mm. such a a slow start that every game did become must-win. I think when you're in charge of hearts, you've got to take advantage of any sort of good runs of fixtures so that when you know you're going to get that challenging spell, which we're always going to get regardless of, you know, whoever's playing or whoever's running the club, then, you know, you've got to build up that momentum as best as possible. And although St Johnston are, you know, are in a decent running form themselves, they haven't become a, a great football inside overnight. They'll, they'll mm. be better organised and they'll be better disciplined, in particular out of possession. So I don't think it's going to be an easy game to break them down. But we will still be overwhelming favourites in that match. And I think they've found 
potentially the formula of of getting more chances now for the the team in terms of that that trifecta of Lowry and Boyce and Shankland all being quite tight to one another mm. and getting each other involved in the game rather than what we've tried to do, which is try and stretch the game beyond the defence with the likes of Vargas and Oda. Because there's been little room behind defences, I think they're now deciding, well, we need to pull them out of position. And if we can get the wing-backs higher up enough in the park, like Cochrane and Forrest, we can then get joy there. So I think if we continue with that, there's no reason why we can't get another three points. No, absolutely. And here's hoping that's exactly what happens. Um, I guess just before we finish up as well, I just want to have a quick word as well for um, for Liam Boyce, who obviously has been in and out of the team a lot. He came back in on Saturday and quietly maybe, well, he didn't get on the score sheet. I thought it was a really impressive display from him. You know, I thought he was getting about. Again, he probably should have scored in the first half. He'll be disappointed that he didn't at least hit the target. But I thought aside from that, I mean, you know, obviously he's unfortunate not to win a penalty. Um, he was making himself a real nuisance, and then also his dummy for the for Shanklin's second goal when kind of Lowry plays it through. Shank Boyce just leaves it, and it allows um, Shanklin to burst free on goal. And I just thought that little things like that were <clears throat> really encouraging because, as you say, the likes of there has been. A, um, I think there's some fans I'd like to see a wee bit more of Oda Vargas has been looking pretty good as well when he's been playing. But like you say, in games like that where there isn't that space to exploit. You'd maybe need someone like Boyce who is a bit more comfortable dropping a little bit deeper, getting more involved in the play. And I know there have been some concerns from fans that perhaps Shankland and Boyce are are too similar to play in the in the same starting eleven. But I think we saw on Saturday that it can work if they play as a kind of two up front with like with a number ten playing off them. And yeah, I just I just thought I'd just quickly give a quick shout out to Liam Boyce because again I just I thought it was very good. Um, and it was like a, a, a performance from him that was kind of approaching it back to his best, I think. Yeah, and, and and because we've got Shankland in the squad now, there's not the same pressure to be to be scoring. Yeah, so he, he can offer us a lot in, in in other ways, and and I think what what really impressed me about Boyce's performance, I think in particular in the second half, was his ability to draw fouls in situations where we might have been a bit under pressure, and in certain other fixtures where we may have went long and just conceded possession, we had the option of just dropping the ball to Boyce, and then he, it was just a case he just you know winning a free kick, maybe just a little bit further up the park, and again just allowing our backline to just push up a little bit. Because it's always easy, especially when you're only a goal up away from home for, again, not through any management decisions, to, but just players subconscious to just, you know, retreat five yards mm. when you've lost a goal. And I think having the likes of Boyce and Shanklin up here, they're definitely helping those scenarios. So they've, they've got to try and figure out how to get the best balance, like what I was saying about Lowry. It's trying to figure out when... What's the what's the right fixtures for playing Boyce and Shackling? What's the right fixture for them maybe bringing a Vargas or an Oda in? So that's what Naismith now needs to try and work on. And if he can get some of those other players back from injury, so, you know, I'd, I'd imagine Barry Mackay will not be too far off mm. possibly returning to action. That gives you another option there uh, alongside Lowry. So, again, you can only look at the positives. It was a really good performance on Saturday. It was a good result. And, you know, we've got the ideal fixture coming up now off the back of that, albeit St. Johnson are in good form. But I don't think you could really ask for a better fixture off the back of winning two on the bounce. Uh, so hopefully we can make that free. And then it's a case of, you know, looking at that running fixtures after that in December and seeing what we can get out of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Joe, I think 
we'll, we'll end on that positive note. I like, like that. That sounded very good. I like that. Yeah, it's felt quite good because it's not always been the case this season. So exactly. We, we don't always get the chance to do that. A bit positive. Exactly. We don't always get the chance. So we need to seize it when it comes along. So um, just a quick reminder as well to people who are watching that you can subscribe to Heart Standard for one pound for six months of access, and we've also, or you can do uh, twelve pound for twelve months of access if you've got a little bit more faith in us. Um, on the site today, so we've got uh, Lawrence Shankland Q and A from after the Motherwell game. We've got a wee analysis piece going out as well, like, um, quite sh quite soon, looking at Shankland's goals. Uh, I'll have an analysis piece going out as well, looking digging into the detail of the win over Motherwell, and then throughout the international break, Hearts might not be playing, but myself and Joel and others will have a. Uh, We'll have plenty for fans to sink their teeth into. There's, we've got lots of stuff planned. We've got some interviews coming out, some more analysis pieces coming out. And there'll be, yeah, as I say, yeah, the hearts might be taking a break, but we won't be. Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll leave it there. And thanks again to Scott for joining us. And hope uh, the hearts fans enjoy the rest of your week. Cheers. <laughs>